without further ado. So I'm already feeling it just a little bit. Nice. Hi, and welcome to Carbomb Podcast. I am your host, Chris Truscott-Brown, and joining me are Peter W. Dawson. Uh, and since this is episode 420, I figured let's do this in style. So, as is tradition, uh, prior to starting this recording, I got myself very, very drunk. So, this should be perfect. How about you? You know 420 is about weed, right? Oh. Shit. You know what you've done now? Now you fucked up. I did. You have fucked up now. Now well, you fucked up. I guess. Now you fucked up. Drink up. Me hearties, yo ho. No, theme song. No. So yes, uh, we are doing 420 episode, uh, and because I did not choose to overindulge on weed, I overindulged on alcohol instead, uh, Peter has taken one for the team and mm -hmm. has already started consuming, and I thought edibles take longer to hit you, but it I can I can see it. Peter, <laughs> it's not a huge amount yet, but like, cause like, no, no it really depends can... on the edible. Cause like, I've had jellies that have kicked in within like five minutes. Hmm. Like, this definitely hasn't fully kicked in yet, cause I only ate this like two minutes before we started. But I, I can already feel just a little bit. Uh, hmm. Maybe I'm just different. And I mean, this one has more THC than I'm used to, cause I normally do zero THC or less than one milligram. Uh, this this had two, which still isn't a lot, but you know. And then uh, CBD was um, 10 milligrams, which is what I'm used to. What it usually does is it uh, relaxes me, you know, mm -hmm. gets me. But I'm not, like, sleepy. I'm just tired, but in a good I've, way. I've had CBD gummies with no THC. Mm. I've never had straight THC other than contact eye at venues where there's a cloud of smoke before edibles started getting popular. Um, yeah. and honestly didn't really like that feeling, but I have had THC Delta before, which is specifically a body high, not a mind high. Mm. Those are great for going to sleep. I just relax. It's got okay. THC Delta and CBD in it. So that's about the most I've partook, but the whole point isn't to spend the whole episode talking about weed, uh, but more to Oh, no, be... I did want to mention, though, just in case this ends up um, being good, it's, uh, I got the Chowie Wowie Dark Chocolate, also known as Hark It's Dark. Which is apparently... what further leads me to believe that what you've had is a sleep aid, because Hark It's Dark, it, it's time to go to bed. It's Dark Chocolate, Chris. Okay, I didn't know that when you told me the name of it, so I completely misunderstood. <laughs> well, I literally said before I said the Hark It's Dark Park, I said it's dark chocolate. I don't believe you did. I'm fact-checking now. 
you're fact checking by rewinding the podcast. We're recording in progress. Oh, on the podcast is when you said. I yeah, did, I did not hear you say that. I literally, I literally said it like five seconds before I said it. Oh man, yeah, in the chat, I don't think I actually said it. No, you're, you're you're correct there, but if I had, again, it's anyway. You know, what? I'm busting your balls too much over this, and there's no point. Nope. <laughs> I, I did, I, but on the subject of stoner stuff, I got a topic you might enjoy that I didn't, I didn't put almost anything on the keep document this time, which because I'm not going to be able to read it anyway in probably about 20 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, but uh, I made some. I've been craving this because I, for some reason, stuff I've been listening to, like podcasts and stuff, had brought it up a lot. So I was like, you know what? I haven't had that in like over 10 years. I made myself some mac and cheese with hot dog pieces. I have not had a hot dog in my mac and cheese in years. I don't honestly know that I would love it. But actually, I do uh, make... Let me, t- let me save you some time, Chris. It was fucking horrible. Yeah. I do make, actually, a better version of that, which is kind of basically the same thing, just of higher quality. I mean, we're talking higher quality when it's literally just um, KD, so (laughs) take that with a grain of salt, or, you know, a handful of salt in the water before you boil it. Um, Yep. But I do... Which makes you better than Olive Garden. Pack of KD, I do... I, I properly salt and oil the water. I think it helps. Uh, but I do a, a handful. Instead of butter, I do a handful of grated cheese and yep. just a splash of milk. Uh, mm-hmm. But also to add the fat instead of the butter. What I do is I go to the deli counter and I get them to slice me one slice or two, depending on how big of a batch I'm making. But... Uh, one slice of pizza pepperoni at the <laughs> thickest that their blade goes. So it's usually about a centimeter. Mm. And then I cube that up and I put those cubes in there and stir that in. And that's better than hot dog pieces and actually quite tasty. Oh, 100%. Well, yeah, it's like hot dog doesn't really work. Sausage doesn't like regular sausage. I mean, like, you know, your pork sausage or whatever doesn't really work. Beef doesn't really work. I mean, ground beef in general stuff like pizza too like just for some of the ground beef when you like combine it with like hot cheese unless it's like a cheeseburger never seems to blend that well i don't know if it's just me yeah fair enough um speaking uh, of I was gonna, getting no i'm not i'm, I'm still okay. on the same subject don't you dare change the subject too soon i was caught talking about other foods that are good in mac and cheese this is what america needs to know <laughs> you know america's listening uh, hello again, uh, Emily. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I was going to mention bacon, also very good in mac and cheese. Oh, hell yeah. And uh, seafood, in particular, um, it has to be a flavorful fish. It can't just be like a halibut. Halibut and mac and cheese is not good. Probably but... cooked halibut, which is flavored by other seasonings you put on there, can work. But halibut yeah, by but itself like... is just generally not as good as properly seasoned halibut. yeah and you gotta season the balls out of it and if you're gonna yeah. season the balls out of halibut and then put in mac and cheese that's a mistake yeah i mean i'm not saying yeah i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just saying it seems like a waste <laughs> yeah fair enough it's like, like i bet mac and cheese would be great with truffles but no <laughs> yeah like why would you yeah it's uh, I mean, you could do a classy version of that i mean i've had truffle oil mac and cheese and truffle oil mac and cheese really good I have not had that. 
Oh, man. Okay, so I know we're getting a little off topic with this already weird topic, but I need you to tell you. think because so... you're already getting loopy, and I'm trying to stay drunk to keep up with you, do you think we're going to be on topic at all? No, I mean, it's also the two of us, and we also tend to derail each other quite a bit. Yes, sir. Um, and so, I mean, it's hard to say what where the uh, drugs begin and the personality ends, right? Oh, the drugs um, begin, let me assure you. Uh-huh, it's fine. <laughs> I'm now just trying to really fight a sneeze of all things. Um, <laughs> it was okay. I was talking about mac and cheese. So in, when I was in Indianapolis for Gen Con, mm-hmm. uh, this was back in 2016. There was a food. Okay, Gen Con, the venue it was at, which I think it's been there for a while. I think it's the Indianapolis Convention Center. It's a fucking terrible location for food. Like I've been to places that have had bad food options. Like the Seattle Convention Center isn't that good. There's like maybe two. It's like two a food. business dr- district with not really any eateries. Well, no, like the co- the conference center itself is in like this complex, but the complex only has like three eateries, and mm. none of them are that good. It's like because there's like a subway, and American Subway is worse than Canadian Subway. Oof. Because I'm everyone a fan there of Subway, has... but it's not gourmet by any means. No, no, no. Like I'm not saying Canadian Subway is like high class or anything, but like. Canadian Subway at least seems to attract somewhat competent employees. Like, American Subway, the ones I've been to, granted mostly in Washington State, it just looks like they've given up. Like, they have the Alan Moore death stare where it looks like they're going <laughs> to suck your soul up. Yeah. It's just, it's, oh, uh, God, it's terrible. Like, there's one of those, there's a Taco Del Mar, which Taco Del Mar is not great, it's fine. It's definitely not my least favorite taco joint. And they have, like, this weird Italian restaurant that doesn't have very good Italian food. Well, because they just do, like... kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> well, yeah, it's What's like, the one thing do... you should be good at if you're an Italian restaurant? Yeah, well, because they do, like, big salads, and the salads are at least... They're better than the fucking salads I got at the Rainforest Cafe, because, like, it looks like Oof, yeah. that may... Like, like, the Italian restaurant, it looks like the salads maybe didn't come from a bag, but they just make it a big bowl. It's like, that's passable, sure, but then they charge you, like, $9 American for it, and you're like, eh. Rainforest Cafe is about equivalent to airplane food. It's not it's good. N- it's not much better, yeah. yeah. I'll definitely say it's in that ballpark, for sure. Uh, but, I mean, I've gotten food poisoning from uh, airplane food. I've not gotten food poisoning from uh, freaking uh, Rainforest Cafe. Yeah. Sorry, my family had now sent me... Everyone decided to bother me today, <laughs> Just got photos from stuff. It's like people have a sixth sense for when you compromise to be like, now is when I want to talk to you about something important. It's it wasn't that important, but it was my phone chirped like four times. Yeah. But uh, my point is, Gen Con. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a food truck, and they had truffle mac and cheese sandwich. Okay. I must try it. Right? I obviously yes, and now I'm wishing I was high. <laughs> right? I mean, even if you weren't high, like I was just like tired, hungry, and I'm just like, yeah, sure. Because like when I went to Gen Con, I had some weird meals because it was like we went to Dick's Last Resort. Didn't wasn't a big fan of that, but I had fun the first time. Um, went to a sushi restaurant, which was way too expensive and fancy for the clientele in that area and then we had i went to that food truck and i'm like this is appropriate but it's like they had three food trucks sorry i think you mentioned uh but where was this gen con in indianapolis it's been in indianapolis i think since it started 
trying to think of how close that is to the ocean, but I think not very. Not close at all, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I was, Chris, I, I'm notoriously it's, it's bad at geography. By the railroad. So I, I was thinking like, wow, that's really, really far from the ocean. But then I was second guessing myself and thinking like, am I going to say something really, really dumb? Like, am I going to say this is way far from the ocean and then find out it's on the coast? Even though I know that's not the case. Like, my brain does right. this thing with geography. And now, in order to make myself not look stupid, I've made myself look stupid. So carry on. I'm going to say it's between six and 700 kilometers from New York City. Okay. So that's a fair distance. It's, it's probably closer, at least as the bird flies, or the crow flies, to uh, Washington, D.C., which, you know, is then you kind of hit the Bay Area and all that. Yeah. But, like, but that's still the point not is, the ocean. <laughs> that's no well, it's it's, it's kind of near the ocean so it's like eh. yeah <laughs> but it's it, indianapolis was a town built by the railway hands down shockingly yep. beautiful in some portions though it has canals like nice canals it's weird but anyway that was my story about truffle mac and cheese and now that we've fully derailed the conversation what did you want to talk about like 10 minutes ago well i was gonna say um I was still talking about uh, the fancy mac and cheese, and I was saying when you... The reason I ask for just one slice of the thickest that the machine goes to, that's because I found that that's the easiest. Because I was witness to me asking for uh, one inch thick... I was just going to cut it in half, but I figured just get them to do the work of one inch thick and I'll cut it in half and cube that. And I was witness to a whispered conversation that I still definitely heard of the two people behind the deli counter. And I wanted one inch cut off of that uh, cured meat. And mm -hmm. the one girl was like, "What is? what do I do? Like, there's... He wanted one inch, and there's numbers on here, but they're centimeters. Like, what do I do in centimeters if he wants an inch? And then the other girl, oh, so helpfully, says, oh, no, it's still one. Just put it on one, because it's the same thing. And I'm sitting there like, uh, no, the fuck it's not. Like, I'm fine with that, because when she cut the one centimeter and handed it to me. I was like, okay, I was probably overestimating with an inch. That actually looks about right. So I just assured her, yep, that's perfect, and took it. And so that's how I know one centimeter is the right amount. But this is a young adult, but at least an adult telling another adult that an inch and a centimeter are the same thing, so it doesn't matter shocking and frightening. <laughs> yeah. That is interesting. I it's just, I can't get over the fact that you're like, give me one slice, but make it as thick as possible. Well, yeah. I'd love it when it's thick. Extra yeah. thick. Alright, stop being so extra. I'm always extra. That is a God. way of life for me. E. Uh, so, what's happening? What else do you want to talk about? I am... 
actually feeling great right now, and I'm <laughs> loving. Uh, I'm loving Peter being a little bit loopy. What do you want to talk about? Uh, I was just. We don't have a plan here. Like, we're less planning than usual. And the biggest thing I wanted to talk about was the weird nostalgia food I had. But, um, you know what? We I Have we ever talked about, on this podcast, uh, 40-Foot Freddy? No. Maybe we should drop a little Kelowna history into this episode for our American friends. I am unfamiliar with 40-Foot Freddy. This isn't, no, we haven't talked about it. This is, okay. I have no idea what you're talking about. Really? Okay, this is interesting. Chris, when did you move to Kelowna? Uh, January 1st, 2009. Okay, so you have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. Not a clue. Oh my god, this is going to be amazing, because I have to try to do this from memory while slightly high. <laughs> Why just slightly? Okay. I saw another piece in that bag. I'm not doing the other one tonight, Chris. Not a fucking okay, chance. Okay, I will not be a pusher. Please don't try and encourage me on that. No. That's a really bad idea. I don't want you to be unhappy. All right, so, you know, a lot of people, when they think about things the way the city's changed, you know, it's like, eh, some of it maybe wasn't for the best. Kelowna has lost so many good entertainment venues for the younger ages. I remember when I first moved here, and this is West Kelowna, but yeah. uh, that was when the fluff was still standing. Yep. Because that's the vandalized sign for the bluff, so it was the fluff yep. for years. And That's not what I'm talking about, but that is also a good piece of trivia. But I remember when that was standing, and I was sad to see it fall. Yeah. That's because I was talking specifically for, like, kids. Because, oh, okay. Because uh, we, we, we still got a few venues for kids. I mean, Scandia Golf and Games is somehow still around. They survived COVID somehow, which is incredible. Not so just that, Golf but and flooding. They, their yeah. entire oh, subterranean, yeah. which is like all of their, well, not all of their mini golf, uh, but a significant See, we, portion. We, we should back up. We should back up and explain Scandia before we talk about the flood real quick. Let's just do some Kelowna history because fuck it, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I would want to do this even if I wasn't high. Uh, <laughs> so, sorry. We'll get to the flood in a second, and then you can... So Scania Golfing Games, as the name suggests, is basically a non-branded Chuck E. Cheese knockoff, or at least that's how it ostensibly was set up, because they had, Two... instead of rats, they had monkeys. Yeah, but that's a quite a common thing, because there was a thing just outside of Chilliwack, like, nearer to on the way to Abbotsford, uh, that will always Absolutely. forever, for me, uh, be Wonderland. It's Castle Fun oh. Park because yeah. the actual Wonderland in Toronto, uh, owned by Paramount, that's actually a big, legit amusement park. Yeah, found Canada's Wonderland. Yep. Yeah, found out that this tiny little thing, like near Abbotsford, like, oh, you're using our name? Yeah, could you not? And it got shut down. And this little miniature replica of the the blue and white Disney castle was part of their mini golf course, which was the most prominent part of it that you could see from the highway. And so they knew that they were known for their castle. And obviously some poorly translated English came into play because they went with the name of Castle Fun Park. And to the best of my knowledge, to this day, it's still Castle Fun Park. It is. What's wrong with that name? 
That's a dumb name. Why? It's a it's a fun park that has a castle. That's not how language works. Really? Castle are fun you park. Gonna be, are you going to be Lord of Language? No. I'm just Fuck saying you. that's weird. Castle no, Fun Park not. is weird. That's a weird name. It's really not. I mean, I mean, if you're going to start make, talking about names, you know what I have to do. By all means. I mean, we, we could talk about the fact that you live at 2468 Drive Road, and is a weird name. That's not the same thing at all. Yes, it is. You're talking about stupid names. The English language, what the hell is a th- My favorite part is I've said it twice now, so you have to bleep it at least twice. And now you have to try to figure out if you can explain it without also bleeping out your explanation. No, I can simply explain it by what you're saying is a person's name. That's different. No, it's not. This is also a a name. It's a a name made of, of three, like, adjacent words. Yes, there's a castle there. Yes, it's a park, and yes, you should have fun of, fun of it. Yeah, uh, you should have fun there. Oh yeah, no, no, no! But I think you've just lost the argument because you couldn't make that sense together. Castle nope, we're fun moving on. Park you lose. Is Chris, we need to actually Chris. talk about Scandia now. <laughs> we're so far off base, and I'm just busting your balls over bad names. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Let's. No, nope, you lose. We'll move on. There's if monkeys I, if at I Castle start... Fun Park. That's what I was getting okay. to. Thank you. So Scandia has monkeys as well. Now Scandia, it has like over 80 arcade machines, some hilariously dated, some actually pretty modern, which is weird. Because uh, you'd feel like these are places that wouldn't get updated that often. Uh, they have p- plenty of billiard tables, so those are actually pretty popular with the adults if they go in. Uh, and they have two mini golf courses, one outdoors and one in their basement, which, as you alluded to, flooded one year. <laughs> And my point is, just this saying, place has survived. Uh, Castle Fun Park has two basement ones because they have underwater as well as jungle, and then they have the outdoor mm. one. So it was actually underwater that time that uh, that place flooded. <laughs> yep, they're they're fully open and operational, which blows my mind. Uh, I, I didn't go to Castle Fun think... Park sometime. Let's go together because I really want to. I kind of do too, but now we'd have to coordinate a trip to the coast. Uh, oh darn. Well. Jamie and I more were than... more reminiscing recently, uh, we might make this trip soon, about uh, the Trans-Canada Water Slides, which is near Bridal Veil Falls. Mm. Uh, and I believe it's actually, the reason I bring that up, I believe they're calling it Bridal Veil Falls Water Park now, instead of Trans-Canada. Uh, but then in Cultus Lake, there's also a water slides, and this one's built entirely on flat and platform-based, which is ambitious, but it worked. It's the more modern, but the other one built on a hill is more traditional, and we really want to go. And if we're going to be in Chilliwack anyway, probably we should do Wonderland too. Yeah. Well, we'll figure that out. It's convenient that you bring up Bridal Falls for where this is all going. So Scandia is still around, is my point. Mm-hmm. But when I was a kid, living in West Kelowna, um, Kelowna in general had a lot more entertainment venues besides Scandia. It had three I can think of off the top of my head that have since closed down. And this is how we get to 40 Foot Freddy. So I'm going to go through the three that I can think of. Now, the first one I remember to shut down 
was Old McDonald Farm, which was a farm, as it suggests, right? It had, like, a lot of, like, outdoor sort of fairground games. Okay. Stuff like that. And and it also had a petting zoo and stuff. Um, of course, being outdoor, it was very seasonal. Uh, not the most seasonal. Like, it was open in spring, usually, much like uh, Kangaroo Creek Farm is today. Although Kangaroo Creek Farm is literally just a farm that has kangaroos and, like, a few other cute animals you can touch. Right, this place was like a petting zoo, but it also had amusements. It, like, it's, it was a quirky place that if you're a six-year-old kid and you're driving by, like, I want to go to that place with that weird, freaky farmer thing. Because it has, like, a weird, freaky old McDonald stand-up thing. Yeah. Uh, and another one, and I really miss this place because this is the place I went to probably the most, was um, it had several names. I knew it originally as Wild and Wet. It was a water slide park, and later on, it became Mariner's Reef. I and have, I, this is the one in West Kelowna, right? Yeah, I can't remember where it was based, and I don't know why we were here. But when I was a young kid, uh, our family from Chilliwack did go to this water slide. I do have a memory of the place just not where it's situated. Like, it's an isolated place in my mind. But we mm. did actually travel to Kelowna, to West Kelowna specifically, or West Bank as it was back then, and went to a water slides, which I believe is that one. But I literally don't actually know where it was that we were with my current Fair. knowledge of the area. Yeah, I'd have to actually look it up exactly where it was because, like, you know, I navigated mostly when I was a kid. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, that place was great because it had um, so many slides. And, of course, the most popular there was the River Run, where you would go down a series of uh, wide, not t terribly intense slides while on a, on a tube. And yeah. so like, you'd be slowly going down a waterfall. Like, that was probably the most iconic thing the there but tube it also ride had is a, one um, of my most favorite at the water slides i've been to in my life yeah yeah i wanted to just bring up real quick too that they had one of those uh spouts that seems to be hanging in midair with water coming out of it but of course the trick is there's a tube on the inside that's white it goes up into the nostril and then sprays out the water so it creates the optical illusion that it's not you know like the thing is suspended in midair hmm. i always love that as the landmark of that place yeah um but yeah, that place is gone, sadly. And now the third one, the one that I have to bring up, and this one went away for a very specific reason. Uh, so you know um, the Grand Ten, Chris? The yep. movie theater area? and yep. the um, Yeah, that place, there's a place near there called Freddy's Brew Pub. Yep. I like Freddy's. I was, just, I was just about to actually say, oh yeah, there's a nice brew pub in that area. As... Yeah, Freddy's Brew Pub. And the reason is, uh, back in 1998... That place used to be Bedrock City. Oh, that is that is that related to the Chilliwack one? Are you familiar with the Chilliwack yep. one? Yep. Yeah, well, I'm very this, familiar with the Chilliwack one. It was the one. same owner? I don't know if it was the same owner, but it got the same licensing agreement that uh, the Bridal Falls Chilliwack uh, water slides did. Because Bridal Falls, I think, is technically in between, isn't it? Uh, well, Bridal Falls is a little bit past the water slides, yeah. Uh, but 
in that area. I was just called, I was just associated with Bridal Falls. But uh, as far as I know, there was never any Flintstones references at the water slides. There was a Flintstone park, and we actually still have uh, a T-shirt that uh, is both now too small for Jamie, and because it is a white T-shirt that is several years old, entirely too transparent for Jamie to appropriately wear at any point. But as a souvenir, we have a souvenir shot glass, which is weird, uh, and T-shirt from... Uh, the Flintstones Park, which used to be in Chilliwack, that is now Dusty's Dino Town, except I think Dusty's even closed down, but they just changed their branding to an original property, but they kept all the cave stuff there. Yeah, Dusty's Dino Town closed back in um, 2010. Oof. Uh, apparently it was also Dick's Dino Town at one point. Oh, hang on, is it never, still Dick's Dino Town? Never was aware of that. Look it up now. Uh, Dino Town permanently closed. Um, yeah, permanently closed in 2010. Okay. If, if anyway. you're familiar with the area, um, Marble Hill, right near there, and that's where I grew up, is on the mountain of Marble Hill. So the water slides, uh, Dino Town, Bridal Veil Falls, all of that was like a regular thing growing up. We quite often frequented all those places. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But, um, but they, so I was going to say, Bedrock, they, Bedrock uh, City. So they also did a shameless Flintstones knockoff uh, no, Chris, near Freddy's? It's not a knockoff if it's a licensed property. Well, that was the problem with the Chilliwack one, is that's why they had to change. They never had the license. They just oh. went with it. and then, Bedrock City had the license. Well, I- eventually, Hanna-Barbera found out again it's the same thing as like canada's wonderland in toronto especially back then not very likely they're going to find out that somebody is using their name like just outside of abbotsford in bc like you're gonna get away with it for a while probably and i'm pretty sure the flintstones park was the same thing I think they literally got hit with a cease and desist, which is why they had to switch the park branding to Dusty's. Okay. Yeah, no, the the Kelowna one had the licensing. Okay. Like, they were they were fully licensed. This is very important, because, like, they had, like, walk-around characters and everything. And most importantly, hmm. they had a 40-foot-tall sign of Fred Flintstone. Oh. A.K.A. <laughs> 40-foot Freddy. Yep. <laughs> However, the license agreement expired in 1998, and they couldn't renew. And the owners, I mean, they were having trouble because they said they could basically only operate two months out of the year, which, yeah, if you're doing a water park in the area, it is rough. Like, um, Splashdown up in Vernon, formerly Atlantis, they have the same problem still because they're still running. But they are still only able to operate like three months out of a year because <laughs> we're just too far north for that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, as a result, I know, I know this isn't. I I want to correct myself. I'm sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. I was always under the impression it was operating without a license. I think this is actually the same, or the licensing expired. I'm not digging any deeper than Wikipedia, so taking this with a grain of salt. But it's talking about 
uh, dinosaur theme park in British Columbia, operated from 1975 to 2010, uh, opened under the name Bedrock City and based around the Flintstones licensing. That tells me that they did have the license uh, in that one sentence under no scrutiny. Hmm. There you go. So, I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, 40 Foot Freddy. He's a 40 foot tall Fred Flintstone. Um, the sign sadly got abandoned in a field, and it wasn't found until 2016. But uh, they sadly basically had to be sent over for scrap because they didn't have the money to restore it. But that's what used to be at the Grand Ten, and then after that shut down, it got refurnished into what it is now. I think the movie theater was there before that. But, like, Fred, the point is, Freddy's Brew Pub is named after 40 Foot Freddy. Like, I think oh. it was actually supposed to be called 40 Foot Freddy's at one point. But then they got dropped the 40 Foot part. I didn't know that, but actually, now that you say that, that makes perfect sense. Considering it's not just a brew pub, it's a bowling alley. Yeah. And. I know, right? <laughs> Flintstones and bowling. It works. Yep. No, it really does. They just can't because of, you know, legal reasons. They can't do any of the branding, which, you know, yeah, still, I think, works. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, I've been talking a lot this episode, but how about I talk some more? By all means. <laughs> because we're finally going to go back to the thing you suggested like a month ago. I feel like you're... It's wearing off for you, though. No, I'm fine. Okay. Well, I'm going to have more. Which which thing did I bring up months ago? Oh, it was the rivalry between Stone Cold and The Rock. Oh, yeah. I did... I forgot. I asked you about that. I did want to get into that. Because there was two. There was that one, and then when we talked about running up that hill for Stranger Things, which, by the way, the season's now over. I haven't finished yet. Oh, actually, we, before you... we start the other topic, I did want to mention, uh, I don't have the exact quote, but I loved that um, I did get as far as actually a fucking fantastic badass scene with Eddie playing Master of Puppets. Mm-hmm. That was a great scene. But mm-hmm. also, I guess there was a fan like a Metallica fan that tweeted like because just like running up that hill Master of Puppets is now trending again and a fan posted to Metallica's Twitter sorry for all the fake Stranger Things fans but your real fans have been with you the whole time instead of bandwagon jumpers or something along those lines Right, stupid gatekeeping bullshit. Gatekeeping bullshit, exactly. And Metallica actually called out, like, hey, if you like us for four minutes or 40 years, the fact is you're liking us, and we appreciate any and all fans. So, like, fully gatekeeping canceled. Like, all are welcome here. Yeah. I I just, I, I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir here. Uh, not just you who I'm talking to, but anyone listening. But I don't get gate- gatekeeping. Like, what is with the concept of, like, you don't deserve to enjoy something. You haven't earned it. Like, fuck off. It's some stupid insecurity. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I, I mean, wanted to mention that. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you were talking about Stranger Things. 
and running up that hill. I think yeah. I'm losing track. Please help me. Well, that well, that's that. Yeah, because that was what led to the other topic that's on our keep list, which we'll save for another episode, which is Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker. Mm. Um, but but I wanted to get cause this one came up before that even, so I wanted to get into this. So we're talking about Stone Cold and The Rock, and the rivalry between them is really fascinating because it goes back to when Stone Cold was Intercontinental Champion, uh, like to go way back. So Stone Cold Steve Austin didn't just materialize as a super popular wrestler overnight. Didn't he? No shock. Didn't he start out his face and then no? Heal? Okay, let me let me get into this. So to re- the really quick history of Stone Cold Steve Austin prior to arriving in the WWF was that um, he was in WCW as Stunning Steve Austin. Right. Where he had lengthy runs in the mid-card, including as a tag team champion with Flying Brian Pillman, uh, who he would later have a feud with in WWF. Um, He was also a member of the Dangerous Alliance, which is still one of my favorite evil group names. (laughs) Well, because, Chris, you see, their leader was Paul E. Dangerously. So it's the Dangerous Alliance. I don't like it. (laughs) Anyway. And um, he was also the United States champion for a time and all that. But basically when Hulk Hogan came in and took over WCW, Stone Cold was one of the guys that got pushed out. He ended up in ECW where he kind of had the prototype for his... um, his Stone Cold character, okay. but it wasn't until because stunning, brief... stunning Steve was like shiny face, wasn't he? No, that's that's different. No, he was just a, he was just considered handsome blonde man. Which honestly, oh yeah, he I don't had hair at that point, didn't he? He still had hair, oh. but even 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 when he had it, I'm just like, eh. but like that's the origin of the Stunner, the name at least. Okay. I yeah. didn't actually make that connection, and I even knew that that was his move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the Stone Cold Stunner is a classic yeah. wrestling maneuver. Because you kick him in the stomach and then you smash their neck down on your shoulder. It's great. Um, <laughs> but, Very debilitating, possibly um, life-ending if you do it in yeah. real life. But sure, <laughs> depends how sharp your shoulders are. Uh, uh, dude, <laughs> have you seen these? Look at that bone. That, are are that, you the shredder? That would shred you. Like, yep. like yeah. yeah. I got prominent shoulder bones. <laughs> oh my god. Uh again, are we sure I'm the high one right now? <laughs> <laughs> I warned you I got really drunk and I have been continuing to drink. Yeah, yeah. You're still less annoying than sometimes when you drink though. That's well, that's I'm, I know a bit of a backhanded compliment, I'm, but there's been t- Sorry, I I'll remind- work on that. <laughs> No, don't work on that, please. <laughs> well, don't forget, there was a time I muted you because I found you annoying that you were that drunk. Yeah, that was... That's, that's a... Yeah, let's not get into that. I no, no. cut most of that out of that episode. <laughs> Good and call. just replaced it with uh, a smash cut of me saying the word Undertaker like 27 times. Undertaker! Yep. Yeah, let's not... Go further into that. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. So where I was going with this is um, when he first came to WWF, he was actually a part of uh, the Million Dollar... I think it was the Million Dollar Corporation was the name. He was under the tutelage of uh, 
Ted DiBiase as the ringmaster. And it was not great, but by 1996 in King of the Ring, he had kind of cemented his character with the... That's King of the Ring 96 is where he came up with uh, Austin 316, because he was taunting Jake the Snake Roberts. Right, with who time was, was a like born again Christian. all... Yeah, all super religious, and it's like... Yeah. Fuck this John like, 316. You know what Austin 316 <laughs> says? What is I Austin 316? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you talk when... about your Bible, you talk about your John 316. Well, Austin 316, 316 says, I just whipped your ass. And it's great. Was that around the time he started the, the double beer? Not quite. Like, it was probably around 97 that it really kicked off. Like, that was his move, right? He He would simultaneously crack open while smashing two beers yep. and do the double pour where most of it's on him and very little is in him because he's an athlete and actually needs to be coherent. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. He would do the, yeah, but he'd do the beer bath. I mean, he still yeah. drank a lot of booze. Cause I mean, a lot of wrestlers do drink. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it's common for them after a night of a mat, having a match to uh, crack a six pack, even if yeah. they're not really alcoholics, it's just cause you know, just helps take the edge off. Yep. But, um, but we're not talking about The Edge tonight. We're talking about Stone Cold and The Rock. Exactly. Also, the wrestler is just Edge, not The Edge. The Edge is, hangs I, out with Bono. I am, Edge is the guy who hangs out, is, is a vampire. I am sorry. I tried. <laughs> I thought Sir, I was actually... to get your... No, no, I'm impressed you pulled Edge up, because I figured you weren't going to have Edge. Um, okay, anyway. <laughs> I thought I was actually, we like, still haven't even gotten to the actual fucking rivalry. for a second. <laughs> get to the actual fucking rivalry um so like it started back in 97 where they were kind of feuding over the intercontinental title but ultimately stone cold gave it up to the rock and the rock would kind of do his own thing with the intercontinental title as the as stone cold entered the royal rumble and would go on to defeat Shawn michaels for the world title in 1998 now meanwhile the rock was readily in the upper mid card he hadn't really had a world title shot I think he'd had one, maybe. But, like, he was not quite a main eventer yet. But he was having uh, great feuds over the Intercontinental title with, um, well, for probably most, obviously, is Triple H and uh, Ken Shamrock. I don't know if you remember Ken Shamrock. He's no. a former UFC fighter himself. <clears throat> like, he's gone back to the UFC a couple times since, but he's not been great. Like, he, he, had, a, he had a match with Tito Ortiz after... Uh, one of the ultimate fighter uh, seasons. Anyway, uh, but what really happened is at uh, King of the Ring, or sorry, not King of the Ring, Survivor Series 1998, which we did talk about in a previous episode, The Rock famously turned heel. Yeah. Won the whole thing, being the secret chosen one for Vince McMahon instead of the seemingly chosen one, which was Mankind, Mick Foley. Yeah. And... Like, that was kind of the big twist. And as a result, we had uh, WWF's The Corporation, wherein, um, and I'm just going to double-check the timeline on one thing real quick. What WrestleMania was this? Uh, it was going to be WrestleMania 1990. I'm going to get the WrestleMania rate. That's WrestleMania 15. Is this also the one with Big Boss Man? Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, I just had to double-check the timeline on something because I was worried I was confusing WrestleManias. So he was the champion, and he was now basically the chosen one for Vince McMahon's corporation stable. 
and as a result, he was essentially the punching bag to corporate America, the the punching bag face of corporate America, whereas Stone Cold was, of course, the underdog everyman. Yeah. So as a result, their feud was a extension of the Vince McMahon um, Stone Cold feud because he's like, it's a worker who wants to beat up his boss. Yeah. And but, now, like, The Rock has become everything Vince stands for. But The Rock, what, he was, was he the people's champion or not yet? Uh, he, he insisted he was. This is kind of the thing, because he was the people's champion whenever he was a face, and then he would ironically call himself the people's champion whenever he wasn't, when he was a heel. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is both during this rivalry I mean, you usually have clearer lines on who's the heel and face. And I think officially Stone Cold was the face and The Rock was the heel. But both of them really blurred the lines a lot during this whole feud. Like, both of them uh, are kind of being both. I mean, it's, it's yeah, because even when The Rock was, was a good guy, he'd still be a dick. Yeah. But he was like, he was. it was just how much is he... It's essentially not how much of a dick they are depends on if they're heel or face, mm-hmm. which I think is something that WWF has forgotten because yes. a lot of their a lot of their faces tend to just be smiling idiots. Whereas these guys, it didn't matter if they were heel or face, they were still dicks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, not complete assholes if they were faces, which is the key difference. They were still they they still probably did some stuff in retrospect. Like you know, maybe a good guy shouldn't have done that. But it's like it's not quite the same as. Um, I- what we get now where it's like clear cut he's like i'm gonna just smile and say nothing and then the heel is just gonna insult you i think actually now that i'm thinking about it uh the rivalry and both the characters of both of them during that time Mm -hmm. was very much a product of its time where i think both stone cold and the rock were both heel and face at the same time depending on the audience because like if you're a drunk redneck stone cold is absolutely the face uh Mm -hmm. but if you're like a pretentious like uptight person he's gonna be the heel like you're actually gonna go with the arrogance of the rock I i wouldn't go that far because the important thing to remember is that the rock would always be the one who tries to cheat yeah i i do think they were capitalizing on uh blue collar redneck uh oh 100 they were which is i mean has always been wrestling's which, core audience to yeah degree. but then when you when you split up the audience like that the heel and face roll very much changes <laughs> who you're rooting for I, w- I wouldn't say i wouldn't say it's as bad as like what happens when you do a Canada versus U.S. storyline because obviously you're gonna get very polarizing reactions where it's like, wait, wait, why do we hate Canada? Or of course, if you're in Canada, it's like, which is a storyline they've done before. Hey, leave us alone, eh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in this case, what's interesting is they would have three WrestleMania matches against each other over the course of this rivalry. The first one is, of course, an extension of this uh, Survivor Series thing. It would lead to Stone Cold and uh, Vince being in the 1999 Royal Rumble. Which, which you would think Austin would win to then challenge The Rock at WrestleMania, because I think I've mentioned this before. The winner of the Royal Rumble 
pretty for pretty much his entire history. He's had the right to challenge for the world title at WrestleMania. It's been the basic stipulation pretty much since I want to say 1993 or 94. The Rumble predated that, but that's been part of its history for most of its run. Um, but actually, what happened is Vince was in the Rumble and technically beat Austin. I feel like you've actually said this before. But I don't remember. Uh, you need to remind me what you mean with technically beat. I mean, it's it, on paper. It's Vince McMahon won, won the Royal Rumble by last eliminating Steve Austin, but there was heavy amounts of cheating involved. Well, obviously. Yeah, that's what I mean by technically. It's like you know, it's not just like Vince was the the better man. No. And when, in this case, when I say technically, it's like eh, he was more dastardly. So, is this of course, one of those Vince ones Man... that, like, it's it stretches credibility too far on a man like I, Vince I beating even a man say like that. Steve? I just think it was dumb to have the winner of the Royal Rumble be Vince. Yeah. Because it kind of hurt the whole hook of the match. It's and a, the Royal Rumble's not a short match. That's a There's 30 men entering. That's a dumb storyline. Uh... At, at just, like, a gut reaction of mm. not having actually seen the whole thing. If if the CEO and... He was fully villain CEO by that point, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so if the villain CEO, who is definitely physically fit, but by no means in the league of these other guys, somehow just pulls out a V, it's like... Uh, yeah, like okay, you'll, you'll understand it, where the, you're you'll, you're like, seeing the script too much at that point. Yeah, the point was because Austin had won it the previous year, and that's how he challenged Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Is they were trying to deny him his chance. Like there was other backstage shenanigans. I forget who was somebody. I think in the company who was helping to run it, who wasn't Vince. I think helped ensure Austin was going to be in the Rumble. I'd have to really go back and go over the storyline. Yeah. It's not really relevant for this, but that was kind of the point. He's He is... We saw what happened last year when Austin won and went on to WrestleMania, so they denied him that opportunity to do it again. But eventually Austin, through aggressive persuasion, got Vince to agree to a match at the pay-per-view between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Uh, might as well mention, historically, Royal Rumble's always in January, usually at the end of the month. And WrestleMania is usually at the very end of March or the first week of April. So, like, okay. March 29th, April 1st, something like that. Like, I think WrestleMania next year is going to be April 1st. Hmm. But, um, so the pay-per-view in between, Stone Cold convinces Vince, you fight me, and once I whoop your ass and beat you, I get the rock at WrestleMania. And that was essentially the proposal. Yeah. And, you know, Vince... It was made an offer he more or less couldn't refuse. This is also around the time the Undertaker was starting his Ministry of Darkness cult gimmick, where he was mm. basically a satanic cult harassing McMahon as well. <laughs> so Vince had a lot going on. Do. He's just trying to, you know, he's not a sympathetic manager, but he's like trying to run a company and he's got one of his top stars constantly trying to kick the shit out of him and another one trying to do a whole satanic ritual thing with him and his family. <laughs> it's like, you know. <laughs> This is why I love kayfabe. <laughs> this is when this is definitely at its most insane. It's literally uh, soap opera for men. Like, oh yeah, 
Oh man, there's so much in the Ministry of Dark. Like that was um, the Undertaker's group, the Ministry of Darkness. There's so much shit in the Ministry of Darkness that could is so incredibly soap opera. It's great, and it's so satisfying to watch sometimes. I know we have brought it up plenty of times, but by all means, I want to plug it again. If you do not appreciate the beauty of what wrestling entertainment is, this is by no means the only thing to look into, but there is a documentary, like a short documentary on YouTube called Wrestling Isn't Wrestling. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, if you haven't heard us talking about that before, check that out. It's fantastic. It shows just how batshit crazy wrestling really can only be compared to a more athletic soap opera like that's it really what's is happening <laughs> it, no it's a soap opera with body slams it's yeah. great um even new japan to a degree that's still what it is it's just more of a shonen I, fight tournament i did find in the thing that we watched together recently i yeah. did find that they are getting like i haven't been too familiar with either AEW or uh, New Japan, um, they do seem to be focusing more on the athleticism. I have yet to see from the stuff you've showed me about AEW and, and JPW uh, that is as batshit insane plot-wise as the <laughs> WWE classic stuff. I don't know if that's a... the entire genre changing, or I just haven't been privy, but it seems like the insane storylines are, once again, taking a backseat to the athleticism that actually started this whole thing. And there's plenty of ridiculousness, but it does seem to be more of a, a improvised athletic performance rather mm. than a scripted storyline with athleticism in it i mean wwe is still playing soap opera but uh now we're getting i want we're still not at the first match between the rock nope. and Stone Cold, <laughs> and i want to finish at some point well i'm gonna have I another mean, beer and you keep talking all right uh so they fought at the state valentine valentine's day massacre which actually vince's attempt to cheat blew up in his face because he hired the big show, Paul White, formerly WCW's The Giant, to jump Stone Cold. But um, because of how the match stipulation worked, him attacking Stone Cold technically was a disqualification. <laughs> and when there's a disqualification, the person who gets attacked wins. <laughs> so Stone Cold won. <laughs> that That is amazing because you're using a bullshit technicality as oh, yeah. part of kayfabe plot. <laughs> Oh yeah, I well it, it makes Vince look really dumb, but at the same time it's like, well, he probably knew he was screwed, so he tried to, you know, it, like there's a lot yeah. of different ways you could have explained it, but <laughs> so as a result, uh, Stone Cold and The Rock had their first of three pretty famous matches. There's always some debate over which one's best. Um, this one was probably the best from a pure, or sorry, I would, I would say the best combination of narrative and wrestling. Probably actually the best for wrestling, too, because um, it was just, you know, two guys trying to one-up each other. They faced each other a few times in the past, but this is, like, the time, right? Yeah. They're, they're busting all the stops because this is, like, the ultimate battle of 
the 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 person the man has chosen to elevate versus the but guy who at, wants his at shot. At that point, both of them are seeing and experiencing both of their respective characters like rise in popularity. Like they're oh, yeah. on a heavy climb right now, so like this is a big deal that now it's actually going down between these two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's this is the big fight, mm-hmm. and it no no shock culminated in Stone Cold Wayne um, winning his second. Uh, this is the second time he won the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. Um, he'd won it the previous year from Shawn Michaels, but then had lost it and everything, and that led to the Survivor Series thing we talked about. Um, and then for over the next year, Stone Cold would constantly be hounded not only by um, uh, the corporation, you know, Vince McMahon's group, but also The Undertaker took an interest in Stone Cold, Undertaker leading the Ministry of Darkness, so there was some feuding there. And that, of course, led to the infamous Vince revealing doing his it's me austin it was me all along austin the thing where he pulls off a hood and then says it's him if you've seen any wrestling memes you've probably seen that one before Mm -hmm. that's probably a longer conversation about the ministry of darkness at some point (laughs) but um what actually ended up happening is stone cold injuries so piled up he had to take some time off for nearly a year so I think it was hmm. at round Survivor Series nine uh, ninety nine. He got hit by a, vi- I think it was a limo. It might have been a truck. I can't remember what hit him. Now he got hit by something. He was written out for a year or so because of a neck injury. Uh, and when he came back, he was desperate to become WWE champion again. And hey, guess who was champion again? The Rock. And honestly, The Rock wasn't as much of a heel anymore. He was uh, he was definitely in people's champion mode because what yeah. had happened is, while well, Stone Cold had been gone, Triple H had become dastardly Triple H. Yeah, because he was like douchebag rich kid now. No, no, no. He was douchebag rich kid before. Now he was just douchebag leader of a band of putties. Oh, okay. <laughs> Right, <laughs> he he had become Rita Repulsor, or Lord said, depending on how you feel about it, <laughs> uh, and he and he had actually become WF uh, champion once or twice as well. Well, um, at this point, was this where behind the scenes, aside from kayfabe, uh, because the kayfabe version of their marriage, uh, notwithstanding, legit, he and Stephanie got married and he did move into a leadership position in the company was that happening yet or was that still to come while he was sort of embracing this controlling it was it was was around 2000 so i believe it was somewhere around the wrestlemania 2000 uh that it that it happened i'd have to get the if if he is starting to uh Instead of being the spoiled rich kid character, he is the... Oh, he was starting he, he, he to... banned the rich kid in, like, 96. Yeah, but at this point, if he is starting to be the leader with minions to do his bidding, that might be, I'm just guessing, that might be tied to his increasing role in the company and him being no. more administrative and less... Active. No, no, no. This is way before that. Okay. He he fakes. He started fake dating Stephanie in 2000, but they didn't actually start dating properly until 2001, 2002. Oh, so this was legit a kayfabe relationship that turned into a real one? Yeah. 
Oh. Yeah. I always thought that was that was all kayfabe in that it started. I thought their actual relationship was legit from the start. No, it really wasn't. Oh. I mean, they might have they might have, you know, had something going on, but like they're legitimate cuz I think they got really married in 2002-2003. Yeah. But like their storyline started in 2000, which hmm. was one of the one of the ways they kind of made up for the fact that Stone Cold wasn't around for most of it. But the point is uh, this is definitely when The Rock was at his most people's champion, unironically. Yeah, because he was the he was he had conquered Triple H, he had beaten up uh, some other would be challengers, including the Big Show and um, Mick Foley, you know, Mankind. Mm-hmm. And Stone Cold came back, and he wanted to become champion again, so he went entered the Royal Rumble, at the same Royal Rumble that Drew Carey was in. <laughs> we talked about that before. Yep. <laughs> and ended up winning the whole thing to go on to face the Rock at WrestleMania. Um, I guess that would have been 17, because 2000 was... They, they called it WrestleMania 2000, but it was WrestleMania 16. <laughs> and the and like the, they made it a point that Stone Cold was desperate to be champion, which is important because the big shocking twist at the second match, and the reason why it can be... Because like the narrative is arguably stronger, because it's all about Stone Cold's desperation. Mm-hmm. But Stone Cold, you know, he'd, he'd never really been the same since his injuries. And so his wrestling is possibly a bit worse than this one. Mm-hmm. Your mileage may vary. Honestly, some people prefer this match to the other ones. Uh, Vince McMahon helps Stone Cold win the match. Hmm. Stone Cold turns heel and joins with Vince McMahon all because he's desperate to be champion. Which was that probably their a last state. one, right? Sorry, that no. Wasn't... This is only their second. This is only their second. Oh, okay, I thought. Rock. Sorry, I thought this was the last one. And spoilers: I do know he loses their last one uh, mm-hmm. because it's literally his last match. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not anymore. Oh, has he come back? Yeah, he came back uh, this year at WrestleMania to uh, technically, and it was actually a proper match, more or less. Oh, I, I think it was a false he? count anywhere street fight. Stone Cold? He's only 50-something. Yeah, he's not, he's he's not super 57. old. Yeah. That's... I mean, we've talked about Sting. Sting is 63. Yeah, and <laughs> again, we've talked about this, but in the Forbidden Door uh, pay-per-view we watched, him diving onto three guys onto TVs, not mats. Yeah. I know that it's all scripted. I don't care. I know that it's all choreographed. I don't care. If you ask me to perform that stunt and I have three fully cooperating people, I can't do it. I will die. Like, the stunt that he did. Oh, yeah. That's insane. That dive for a man in his 60s is like, what? (laughs) I know. But, so... By that, yeah. What would same point? Fifty-seven years. Mm-hmm. Boy, I'm still a couple years shy of forty. And if I accidentally look sideways at a ring, wrong, I'm probably gonna bust my clavula. Like, eh. It's one of those things. But uh, 
<laughs> I was what I was getting to is what ultimately would happen is Stone Cold was kind of on borrowed time for a good period after this, and um, as a result, he was kind of he was he was around. He was a big deal, but he wasn't really getting the W the the world title positioning as much. So what happened is in um, I want to say it was two thousand three, he came back and the Rock was sort of one foot out the door as well. And they decide, like, it was more or less a, all right, let's end this one last time, one more go around, see who's better. And I believe it was a false count anywhere on their final one. I actually got to double check that real quick. A what, sorry? A false count anywhere match. Um, oh, because regularly been... a pin doesn't count if it's outside the ring, right? Exactly. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double check if that's what the stipulation was. Uh, while you're doing that, I have a question for no, you. No, it was just a regular match. Go ahead. Are you seriously going to let me get away with Clavula? Eh. It's it's not a thing. I don't care. I said a dumb made-up body part because it was going to be funny for you to laugh at me, and then now I just sound stupid until I mention it. Yeah, and you know what's funnier for me? You having to admit that. Okay. Salute. Checkmate, atheist. <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> but, um, yeah, this led to, yeah, The Rock finally defeating Stone Cold in their third and final major WrestleMania confrontation. Like, I don't, yeah, the, 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 it doesn't, I don't recall if there was any particular specific build up there. It was just kind of like, let's have one last hurrah, one last go around and, oh no, um, Right. Okay. No, it was um. They. Right. It was. It was a rivalry over who was the superstar of the decade. Okay. Now I. Re- yeah. Because Stone Cold was, of course, always the popular wrestler. Even when he ended up um, evil for a time after the whole betrayal and joining Vince McMahon. But so and the Rock isn't... took umbrage with this because the Rock is the people's champion. It's like, what do you mean they chose him over me? So this isn't a who's better now. This is a match now to decide who was better the whole time. Exactly. Who is truly Me. the greatest of us. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was but it was also the rock uh obsessed he needed to beat he needed to beat him and then he needed to prove he was the best. Yeah. And he did. I believe. Yeah. And up until this year at 57 years old, that was Stone Cold's last match. Yep. And thankfully, the match he, he came out of retirement for was pretty good. It who was a... He, yeah. Who did he fight against? Uh, Kevin Owens, a pretty good wrestler. Like he's, he's very talented in the ring, and he's really good at just... He's constantly exasperated with other people's shit. And it's great. So whether I mean, he's a good guy or a bad guy, he's usually better as a bad guy because he's always just annoyed. I right? like that concept of a character. I don't know anything about the character, but... Oh, it gets, Chris, it gets better. He's French-Canadian. So his Ooh. accent comes out a bit. So, uh-huh. so you've got... you've got a, a, he's, he's not, like, super French, but, you know, he's got a bit of the, oh, hey, you know, he's got a bit of that just inflection. And it's just like... And he's just 
constantly done with people's shit. Like, one of my favorites is... He's just <laughs> not about the accent. He just wants to be yeah. here and uh, and kick some ass. Yeah. Like, at one point, he... He he get, he's cutting a promo and a guy comes out to try and interrupt and he's like no 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 we're not doing this again you keep saying it you keep saying it should be you and then it could have been you but then it wasn't you and then it couldn't have been and it wasn't and then it might have been for a bit but then it wasn't and I'm just so sick of it like he delivered basically a promo like that at one point where he was so just done sick of it it's no no you, you're you're putting too much French on it okay fair it, enough this is the thing it's hard to do an impression um, of Kevin Owens. Because you could tell I'm he's French, too much but it's subtle. Fake French on it because I'm I'm bad at actual accents. I can only do stereotype accents. Yeah, it's one of those things. But uh, uh, no, Kevin Owens was also doing the stunner for quite a few years uh, as one of his moves. Usually one of his finishers, but he also has a power bomb. He like uses the finisher, and so this was kind of a culmination of but- him. Is kind it, of channeling is Steve Austin. just the stunner when somebody other than Stone Cold does it? Or is it always the Stone Cold stunner? This is just a general thing about wrestling. Like, when you use another guy's move, is it still that guy's move? Or is it just the unbranded version of the move? It's usually the unbranded version, unless there's a specific variant. Like, um, you don't call a super kick the sweet chin music. But Shawn Michaels, in particular, when he does the sweet chin music, it's a whole thing because he's like. I don't know when what the Michaels... sweet chin music is. Well, that's Shawn Michaels' version of a super kick, which is basically a really powerful heel kick to the face, like where you use your whole body to kick someone. What's a super kick? That's what it... I just described a super kick to you. Okay, I thought a super kick was the thing that you told me, which didn't happen again in the match that we watched. I thought that was the thing you told me that Orange Cassidy does, which is like the weak ass, like, eh, eh, no, eh, no, no. Those aren't super kicks. Those are just the shin kicks. Yeah, those are just shin kicks. No, no. Super kick I is an actual those. wrestling maneuver okay. where you basically do a high heel kick to the guy's face, like stretching as much of your body as possible. Okay. So get yeah, all like the it, momentum in there. Like, like imagine like a crane kick, but it's like a side kick. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's 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 hard to describe because I'm not good at describing this, but like that's what a super kick is, and the sweet chin music is that. But before that, you go to the corner of the ring and you start stomping your foot, and then you do a big wind up into the kick. Okay, that's what differentiates the sweet chin music from the super kick. Likewise, the Stone Cold Stunner, uh, if nothing else, it usually involves him flipping the, his opponent off before he does it because he is stone cold very much a part of the character <laughs> i respect <Yep. laughs> but like in general the idea of the stunner is like ideally the stone cold version is you kick them in the gut and then you turn around grab their head drop down to your butt and there and as you're doing that their neck comes down in your shoulder as you're guiding it down with your hand yes like that's which, the basis as of the we've stunner. established i have very prominent shoulder bones and i would murder a person mm. with the stunner and so like the, the 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 stone cold variant typically is the kick in the gut or potentially the um the finger kick in the gut and then the boop because that's kind of the key is the full flourish is middle finger kick in the gut and you hit the move whereas like a standard it's basically almost a neck breaker at that point if you're not doing the kick in the gut or the finger yeah but they usually call the one where you land in your butt the stunner Whereas if you land on your back, that's more of a neck breaker. Okay. 
you Although know I what did else? some versions of the neck. Hmm? You know what else is due for a stunner soon? You, because we're way over time at this point. Well, I was going to say the episode, but uh, way to make it personal. Uh, what, as far as the podcast goes, what is your finishing move, Peter? Oh, that's easy. It's the theme song, Jacob. Three, two, one. Lipstick, trash bag, shatterproof glass. Jailpipe, tread like grease and chrome. Front bumper, universal bearing, aerial brake shoe, shock absorber. Why do you make more work for me? Well, as a good heel, I get my goon to do my dirty work for me. Okay. <laughs> Jacob's fine with me and my goon, I'm sure. I hope that also got recorded. All of this is in As the Stinger. I'm tired and drunk. Good night. I can't wait for me to somehow pay off that joke in like four months when we're at Extra Life. And I'm like, Jacob, how can you be hosting Jacob's Ladder? You're my goon. <laughs> if I actually remember to make that joke. Uh, we'll talk. Yeah. All right. It's I'm... so not going to be worth it. The stinger is too long now. I have to abort.